On this episode of the Catholic Echo Podcast from the Diocese of Youngstown, we are talking about youth and young adult ministry with Bishop David Bonner and Maddie DeSalvatore. Find more about this episode's topic, including articles from the Catholic Echo at catholicecho.org slash podcast. And now, the host of the Catholic Echo Podcast, Father Jim Corda. Hello and welcome to the Catholic Echo Podcast. I'm your host, Father Jim Corda. Our show is brought to you by the annual Diocesan Appeal, the Catholic Communication Campaign, and Cumulus Media Youngstown. I'd like to welcome Bishop Bonner to our show. Welcome. Thank you so much, Father Corda. St. Pope John Paul II, back in 1985, started World Youth Day, and I believe it was in Rome that year. Every three years, the Holy Father invites youth around the world to some different part of the world. Three months ago, Pope Francis gathered with young people in Lisbon, Portugal. World Youth Day is an international event, and it lifts up the youth not only worldwide, but we can focus here on young people here in the Diocese of Youngstown. What's so wonderful about the young people here in our diocese? The young people are our hope. They're our future. You mentioned the first World Youth Day. Thank you for that recollection, because I was a seminarian in Rome at that time, and I remember being in St. Peter's Square for the World Youth Day Mass. Little did I know that over 30 years later that it would grow to what it has become. It's understandable because the youth give us hope, they give us energy, and there's a lot we can learn from them. I think that sometimes we we say, well, you're not old enough. I don't think we're ever too young or too old to witness to one another, and what a powerful witness they are to the whole church. You know, it's interesting as you were talking, one thing comes to mind is that Oftentimes people say, the youth are our future. Well, the youth have to be our present in order for them to be our future. Why are we, as more seasoned Catholics, a little reticent in our parishes to welcome the youth to major roles in the administration of our parishes? I think that as Catholics, we can sometimes become territorial. Mm -hmm. We can think that, you know, only I can do this ministry or this job. And it's not so much a criticism as it is an observation, but I think our faith will become so invested in something and so passionate that it's hard to share that. I saw that growing up. I saw that even with my mom, the way she lived out her faith. And, you know, there comes a time when we have to not be threatened or afraid. We need to invite. There's one of the Psalms that says, in you, O Lord, we all find our home. And I think the same could be said about the church, that there's room for all of us, young and old alike, in the church. I don't know if this is your experience, but it's certainly mine, and I've shared it with people who work in youth and young adult ministry, is that as an adult, as an older adult, I get a little intimidated by young people, and especially young people in high school or college. And I've tried to grapple with that as a young priest when I was first ordained we were kind of thrown into that ministry of youth and young adult because the pastor thought, because I'm a young priest, I can do that job. Well, initially, it's great because we do have that joy and enthusiasm, but we get to a point where we either get intimidated by them or we kind of run out of steam because there's lots of energy that we need in order to be reasonably present to our young people. 
What do you think they're searching for when they look at us adults in the church? I think they're seeking peace, harmony, and an understanding of what it is that God wants them to do with their life. Uh, I think that we have much to offer to them as older, more seasoned Catholics, but they have so much to offer us. Pope Francis has his own vocabulary. And, you know, there's two words that come to mind when we talk about youth and young adults. One is encounter. And I think that we who are older need to pray for the grace to encounter Christ in them. Christ is in everyone. And we just need to be more intentional in seeking to see the face of Christ in them. And the other word that comes to mind is accompaniment, which is a matter of walking and listening together. It doesn't mean we, we have anything necessarily to say. It's just a matter of being present and sharing the journey. What a beautiful journey it can be when we extend ourselves beyond ourselves and invite others to be part of it. Isn't that what we're all about as Catholic Christians is to accompany one another on the journey because we are on a journey and how important it is that we welcome all people, not only people who are of our like-mindedness, of our age, but also those who are young, those who are older. That sense of accompaniment entails some different things and different challenges, basically. We're not always comfortable walking with people that we don't agree with or that we don't see eye to eye with. Why is it important for us to have that spirit and sense and attitude of openness when we accompany people? Because there's goodness in everyone. I think that we need to seek every day to be good finders. And sometimes, you know, the devil has his ways, and the devil can seek to divide or discourage us, to make us look at the bad and the evil more than the good. And so I think that we all have something to offer each other. There's part of each and every one of us that can benefit one another. And so I think that's why it's important that we need to keep walking the journey and keep our eyes and hearts opened to all people, whether they're young or old. I know in your experience of going around the diocese to various parishes or institutions, you come in contact with a lot of young people. What is your experience of some of the young people that you do come in contact with? Would you consider them religious, spiritual, into the church? What's your kind of take on some of the young people that you come in contact with? Well, I certainly don't want to generalize. I think that every person has their own journey, their own spirituality. But just in summary, I have found the young people to be very devout, very reverent with their faith, perhaps even more devout and reverent than some of us older people. And I think there's something to be gained from that in terms of their sense of devotion. The other piece in that is, and I think this is more cultural piece, is that the sense of the individual can sometimes overpower the sense of community mm. because we live in this me, myself, and I time. And so I get concerned about the future of community because we can't leave each other. No one can be an island, but our culture is telling us otherwise. And that's one of the things that I think all of us who have been in this for a while know the grace and the gifts that come with being in community, in parish life, in small groups. And I think we have to do everything we can to encourage the continuation of that and invite our younger people into that sense of community where there's always going to be responsibility. 
and that's not always easy to embrace given our culture. A few months ago, you hired Maddie DeSalvatore as the youth and young adult accompanier. Talk briefly about that. It's so important that we are intentional about all of our people and their needs especially our young people. And we came out of the pandemic and that position became open and we were unable to fill it. And so thankfully, Father Ryan Furlong stepped up and kept it in place. But Father Ryan has three parishes now and he's also a chaplain at JFK. So we really needed to find someone. And Maddie kind of, it was God's gift. Maddie went to Walsh University. I knew her when she was a student there, met her, talked with her. And I said to her, Maddie, you belong in the church you should be a lay ecclesial minister. And by the grace of God, we were able to hire her. And so she can go throughout the entire six counties of the diocese and be a presence and a facilitator for our youth and young adults. And we're going to talk with her in a few minutes. Bishop, thank you for being with us. Thank you so much, Father Corda. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Did you know that the Catholic Echo magazine is delivered 10 times per year to 52,000 Catholic households in Northeastern Ohio? That's more than 150,000 people. And the Catholic Echo website, catholicecho.org, has been averaging 30,000 views per month since it launched in February 2023. Advertise your business, special event, or service with the Catholic Echo in print or online. Email catholicecho at youngstowndiocese.org. Advertising discounts are available for Catholic institutions, as well as for businesses that commit to five or ten issues in a year. Email catholicecho at youngstowndiocese.org or visit the Advertising tab at catholicecho.org for more information. Catholic Charities in the Diocese of Youngstown announces the commencement of our annual Season of Giving campaign. This annual 60-day campaign benefits those in need throughout the Diocese of Youngstown. To kick off Catholic Charities Season of Giving on Tuesday, November 28th, the hashtag GivingTuesday online fundraiser will aim to collect more than $20,000 in just 24 hours. Thanks to Catholic Charities corporate sponsors, all donations received online on hashtag GivingTuesday will be matched up to $10,000. Catholic Charities serving Portage and Stark Counties on Tuesday, November 28th, will host an inaugural social hour with the Bishop from 4.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. at the Canton Cultural Center. This event will include cocktails and hors d'oeuvres, education stations, a 50-50 raffle, a basket raffle, and live music. For more details, visit www.ccdoy.org slash season of giving or call 330-744-8451. Joining me is Maddie DeSalvatore, who is the Youth and Young Adult Minister here in the Diocese of Youngstown. Welcome to our show. Thank you, Father, for having me. You know, I'd like to have the folks that are with us get to know you a little bit better. And so prior to us talking about youth and young adults, I'd like you to let the folks know a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Maddie DeSalvatore. I'm originally from Ashtabula, Ohio, and then I went to Walsh University in North Canton for my undergrad. There I was a psychology major and a theology minor. I've grown up obviously in the diocese my whole life, and I've always loved the experiences I've had here in the church. I'm really grateful for all the youth ministry experiences I had up in Ashtabula, at Walsh as well, and I have a couple different hobbies. Um, I really like taking photos. I like painting. I'm really into music. 
just really blessed to be here in this position and hoping to uh, be able to make a difference alongside. Well, we know that you will, for sure. I think what I'd like to pick up on is just your sense of up when you were in Ashtabula growing up, the involvement of youth in the church. I know when I was a young priest, that was the first task that we were given. We were the youth minister because the pastor thought we're young, we're energetic, we like to be around kids, we know kids well. Sometimes that's really a fallacy because Mm. you're kind of thrown into that situation. Mm -hmm. But as a young person in youth ministry at the Mm -hmm. time, what was your involvement and what was your experience? A huge inspiration of mine was Maria Crookston at the time. Her name is now Maria Grama. She was my youth minister up at Olaf. I was in eighth grade and it was just very positive. I mean, she was very good at engaging a wide range of people to all the events she was putting on. We did multiple retreats. We did a lot of community building, lots of fundraisers, which were really fun, and lots of service activities, which I really sparked my great love for service, like in that way. Making loaves of bread and selling those at fundraisers and doing Project Grow, which, you know, is where we would go do landscaping for a bunch of parishioners in the church and stuff like that. So that was always just really fun and it was always engaging and I'm still good friends with people I met there today. So I'm thankful for that. Yeah. That's great. The other thing is that whole service aspect. Mm -hmm. You know, I know when I was in high school, that was never something we did Mm -hmm. because it was just more books and academics. Mm -hmm. But I think having that arm of service, Mm -hmm. whether it's in high school or college I think really helps because it gives you more of a sense of what life is all about. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just me, it's us together. And so when you're in that service mode, Mm -hmm. then your eyes are kind of open to the needs that are around and how you could reach out. And I'm sure in your work as a youth minister that that is a facet of their life that you try to, you know, imprint in them. Why is that so important, that service aspect? Mm. Well, I think it's important because, like you said, you experience what the other person is experiencing hands-on, right? It's like an immersive experience. Mm -hmm. I feel like the best way to learn anything is to do it and be a part of it. And it's oftentimes really uncomfortable because we're not used to it. And I think, like, that's exactly how we grow, right, is by being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, in order to understand where, you know, our needs are in the church, we have to have those experiences. And there's a St. Saint, Saint Lawrence, I think. I got this story from one of Father Ryan Furlong's homilies. He said at the time of St. Lawrence, the emperor told him to bring him the treasures of the church. And St. Lawrence brought him the poor and the vulnerable and the lepers of society. And he was like, here's the treasures of the church. And then he was killed. And I just think that's such a powerful story to keep in mind when doing service. I mean, these people are the face of God, you know, just like any other person we meet. And I think it teaches us a lot about carrying out and giving that love of Christ to everybody we meet. I love that story also of St. Lawrence because, you know, you just imagine at the time when Christians were being martyred for the faith Mm -hmm. and in this flippant sense for the emperor, Mm -hmm. but this was a true testimony of faith for Lawrence that these were the treasures, that that people are the treasures. Mm -hmm. And how important is it for us who work in the church to understand that it's people that matter? You know, it's not always programs or books or process, but people are really the bottom line. Absolutely. And how do you impress upon young people how to do that? 
being an example of that, I think. I think meeting people where they are is super important. Being a ministry of presence, treating people as individuals, you know, having those one-on-one conversations, like really making an effort to get to know somebody. I mean, that can really make a difference in the lives of young people. I mean, I'm still a work in progress when it comes to that myself. And again, it's uncomfortable, you know, it's hard to have conversations, but especially in this day and age, but it's exactly what we sure. need to do to kind of hopefully inspire other young people to have those one-on-one conversations and not be mm-hmm. afraid to do so. Mm-hmm. You know, my experience of young people today is that I give them a lot of credit because mm-hmm. when you kind of look at the complex world that we live in and the polarizing and divisiveness and, yeah. and all of that that makes up, unfortunately, what we are in this 21st century that we find ourselves in, you know, the young people give us a sense of hope. Mm-hmm. And if there's something we need in the church today, it's that sense of hope. You know, we always talk about how there are hope for the future. There really are present as well, mm-hmm. you know, in trying like to get that. them to understand that they're part of who we are as church. They're not just the future, they're the present. I like and, that, yeah. And when you talk to young people, I know in your new ministry, what are some of the things that you like to talk about that gives them a sense that they're important in the church today? Well, I think right now, with just starting the job, I'm trying to find the balance between there's like the job in itself of assisting other youth ministers and parish ministers to like, you know, to help, in my way, maybe facilitate some of their retreats, you know, things like that, being a resource for them. And so a lot of, like, the talking I've been doing with the youth lately has been less official, I guess I would say, as part of the job, which I think is a good thing. I think ministry can't be contained into one little aspect of my life, right? Like, I mean, when we're ministering, it's our lifestyle, I guess. So I think, like, treating them as the person they are and and maybe not coming at them from like a spirit of like authority or you know things like that like no like accompaniment is like meeting people where they're at and you know all people and while we should respect everybody you know respect should come from all ends you know from both Mm -hmm. sides of the parties I think like Pope Francis says untying our sandal straps right at like the sacred ground of another Mm -hmm. I think that goes for everybody we talk to so I, I think that just means asking youth how they're doing and yeah. actually being concerned and really asking them like what they see that, that there's a need in the mm-hmm. church right like where's the deficit like what kind of maybe not even programs and activities mm-hmm. do they want to see but like what kind of support do they need to be given right mm-hmm. why do they feel maybe unwelcome in church or, or you know things like that what can we do right to cultivate that spirit of wanting to know more right of, of wanting to grow in a relationship with Christ stay with us we'll be right back Many sisters, brothers, and religious order priests served for little pay, and now their communities lack retirement funds. I spent 34 years as a teacher. I just loved interacting with the students. Gifts to the Retirement Fund for Religious help provide for medications, nursing care, and more. An annual collection is held in parishes across the nation. I always remember you in my prayers. Please give to those who have given a lifetime. Visit retiredreligious.org. The new Catholic Echo podcast will inform and entertain the faithful of the diocese by discussing various topics that are relevant in the church today. Bishop David J. Bonner begins the podcast with your host, Father Jim Corda, on the topic of the day, and then you'll hear from others with expertise on that topic. You can listen to the Catholic Echo podcast on Sundays at 6.30 a.m., on WHOT FM 101, 
WYFMFM 102.9, WQXKFM 105.1, or catch it online by going to catholicecho.org slash podcast. The Catholic Echo Podcast is produced by the Communications Department of the Diocese of Youngstown. Catholic Charities in the Diocese of Youngstown announces the commencement of our annual Season of Giving campaign. This annual 60-day campaign benefits those in need throughout the Diocese of Youngstown. To kick off Catholic Charities Season of Giving on Tuesday, November 28th, the hashtag GivingTuesday online fundraiser will aim to collect more than $20,000 in just 24 hours. Thanks to Catholic Charities corporate sponsors, all donations received online on hashtag GivingTuesday will be matched up to $10,000. The second annual Breakfast with the Bishop will also take place on Tuesday, November 28th from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. at Our Lady of Mount Carmel Parish. The event features a hearty breakfast, a brief presentation from Bishop David J. Bonner, and education stations highlighting Catholic Charities, ministries, and services. For more details, visit www.ccdoy.org slash season of giving or call 330-744-8451. With me is Maddie DeSalvatore, who is the Youth and Young Adult Ministry for the Diocese of Youngstown. Welcome to our show. Thank you, Father, for having me. What I'd like to focus on is that word that we kind of talked about before we started the taping, and that's accompaniment, Mm -hmm. because that's what you do as a youth and young adult minister, is you accompany them. Talk about that concept. Sure. Well, first of all, I kind of love that the bishop had in this job description, the, the whole long title is the Director of Youth and Young Adult Accompaniment, Discernment for and missionary discipleship. And I think you really can't have one of those without the other. Accompaniment, like Pope Francis says, is taking your sandal straps off at the sacred ground of another. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's exactly what my goal is here, right? Like my goal in this role is not to be an authority figure for anybody. It's really just to like guide, mm-hmm. provide resources for, be of moral support to other youth ministers, parish ministers, even campus ministers alike, as well as the youth and young adults. And you know, accompaniment itself doesn't always mean planning the programs and and doing all the right things, right? It oftentimes just means being a ministry of presence and Mm -hmm. walking alongside people, you know, finding people, seeing where people are lost, asking them how they're doing, meeting them where they're at, and inviting them to these programs and events that we put on through the diocesan offices or that I help to promote through the parishes. What are some of the things that young people are going through nowadays? You know, I know in my work in parishes over the years, there's always a sense of intimidation mm. with the young people because you don't know what to say or you don't know yeah. what to ask them. But what are some of the things that young people go through that I think us older adults need to be aware of? I think it's different for everybody, but it's hard to say technology isn't a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it's easier to not have in-person contact with people anymore, you know. And a lot of the, you know, online facets of communication are good, right? It's good to stay in contact in that way. But I think we oftentimes get lost in that. We forget, you know, how to have conversations with, you know, adults. And that's maybe an overall struggle, you know. So I think that's one barrier, or it can be a barrier. I think also just, like, 
family plays a role in that too, I think. And, and you know, the more comfortable people feel in talking about the faith at home, yeah. I think will make them more comfortable with talking about it in sure. public too, you know. So yeah. in that sense, you know, having that shared experience, say you and another young person, that's that's a shared experience you have, but it does make it more difficult maybe for, for other young people to t- talk about that if they feel like they can't at yeah. home. You know, oftentimes, I think because since the pandemic, Mm -hmm. things in the church have really changed, not only in the church, but in society, in family, and in many aspects. One of the areas, obviously, is involvement in the church, Mm -hmm. is attendance at Mass. And and I know that some of what your ministry is going to be is reaching out to those people to encourage them, and especially young people and families, to come back to the faith and to the church. What are some of those modes of operations that you're going to do and use to try to elicit that? Yeah, I think evangelization plays a huge role, right? Mm-hmm. Cultivating a culture of missionary disciples in the parishes, right? Like saying hi to people after mass, mm-hmm. like telling them what events are going on, you know, asking them how they're doing. Again, you know, listening to their story is important too. That's a huge piece there too. I think marketing, promoting plays a huge role in that as well. I think, you know, the more people know what's going on and, and they're getting those personal invites to those things, I think that could do a lot more than just putting out a flyer or in a bulletin or, or, you know, things like that. Well, you know, it's relationships, Mm -hmm. you know, it's personal contact. And I reflect on the life and ministry of Jesus. You know, he met people Mm one-on-one, you know, oftentimes his miracle stories or his just approach to people was an intimate, personal thing. It wasn't like he was sending out a flyer. It was a one-on-one relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what evangelization in its pure sense is really all about. You know, oftentimes we shy away from this door-to-door, you know, meeting people, but that's basically what it's all about, you know, meeting people where they're at. And not worrying about whether other people see it. Exactly. You know, I think the other aspect that I'd like us to kind of talk about is the difference between being religious and being spiritual. Mm. And oftentimes I think young people get a bad rap because they're more spiritual than they are religious. Mm. But I think that's everybody. I don't think it's Mm -hmm. just the the youth. Mm -hmm. But is there any difference in your experience with young people especially? Mm. Absolutely. I mean, I think oftentimes if you're associating yourself as spiritual, you are on the search for something to commit to, but you just haven't committed yet, right? And it's also a really broad word, right? Spiritual could mean, you know, you are into, you know, this religion or you're into zodiac signs and rock crystals. And we're, you know, as a church, you know, those aren't really right on track with what, you know, we're going for. So spiritual has a very broad, you know, definition. I think being religious, people are afraid to commit to saying they're religious or, oh, I'm part of this religion, um, especially young people, because one reason might be is, is people are only seeing the Catholic Church as a corrupt institution, for an example, right? Even though all human-led institutions are corrupt. And if you see the church as only an institution, then you're missing that point too. But that's where we need to step in with cultivating missionary disciples and evangelizing and helping people to have that relationship with Christ. So there's more to seeing the Catholic Church as just an institution, right? And then maybe there will be more commitment to the faith and the laws that God has put forth for us to be more free. What would you like to let the folks know about your work here in the diocese as the youth and young adult accompaniment minister working also in evangelization Mm -hmm. and missionary discipleship? What would you like them to know about your position, but 
what they can do to help you? Well, I guess the first thing I was going to say was I'm here to help you any way that I possibly can. I'm also here to learn from as many people as I possibly can. I'm working on scheduling meetings with anybody who'd like to meet. No pressure, just to like get to know our stories, kind of get on the same page, for me to learn from other people that have more experience than I. You know, I think prayers always help a lot. I think you could pray for me during this time of this new job and working in, in such a needed way. I think that that would help a lot. Maddie DeSalvador, Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry Accompaniment, we thank you so much for your time and your presence on our show, but also for the wonderful work you're doing with our young people. It's so necessary, it's so important, it's vital to who we are as church. So thank you for doing that. Thank you, Father. Thank you for having me. For more information, you can go to catholicecho.org. The Catholic Echo Podcast is a production of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Youngstown in cooperation with Cumulus Media Youngstown. I'm your host, Father Jim Corda. Have a blessed day and may God be with you.